Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trena. Happy to have you with us on this Thursday. And this episode is brought to you in part by Rock Auto, amazing selection, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. All right, Giant fans, so on today's show, we've got a bunch of things we need to cover. Most of all, we've got to start off with a little bit of a preview of sorts. The Giants have been doing OTAs. They started them this week on Monday, and they worked Monday and Tuesday. They had Wednesday off, and then today, as you are hearing this show, on Thursday, the Giants are admitting the media to the OTA practice, one of two practices that the media will get to see. And for those of you who are hearing this show before the start of that practice, which is scheduled for 10.15 till noon, uh, you're going to get a little bit of a preview as to what I am looking for in these OTAs. Uh, those of you who are hearing this program after the start of the OTAs or, you know, later in the afternoon. Don't worry, I'm going to get a new show together for you as quickly as I can, wrapping things up on the OTAs, you know, the highlights, the key stories, some audio clips, all that good stuff. So that's coming. Don't worry, I've got you covered, guys. All right, so let's talk in this segment about the OTAs and just a few of the things that I'm going to be looking for um, in the first of these two OTAs that are open to the media, the other one being on June 4th. So just as a kind of a reminder, um, the OTAs are non-contact practices. So you can have offense versus defense, but you can't have any live hitting. So if you're wondering, okay, what's going on with the offensive line or the defensive line? There, there are no, there's no live contact. So you really can't judge those units without live contact, without the pads on. So that's going to be a little tricky to tell. Now, obviously what you can tell is what kind of lineup they're looking at. So who's going to be at right guard? Who's going to be at right tackle? All that is stuff that you can tell uh, by looking at the practices. And that I'm, that I'm sure is going to be uh, pretty evident. Okay, so as for my expectations, again, I'm recording this uh, obviously before the practice here, but my expectation is that Will Hernandez will open up at right guard and Matt Parrott will open up at right tackle. Now, whether or not they stay there, that remains to be determined. Obviously, we've got to get through training camp. We've got to get through the preseason and see how both of those guys do. But um, that is the expectation that from left to right, that offensive line is going to be uh, Andrew Thomas, Shane Lemieux at left guard, Nick Gates at center, Hernandez at right guard, Matt Parrott at right tackle. Speaking of the offensive line, this will also be an opportunity to see what kind of shape Nate Solder is in. Now, Nate Solder, of course, opted out last year. Um, so he's been away from the game for almost two years and coming back, he's on the wrong side of 30 and he's supposed to be the swing tackle. And he's a guy who's going to get snaps at both left tackle and right tackle in preparation for that possibility that he will be the swing tackle. So that's another guy who um, I'll be interested in, in seeing 
how he pans out. And then I also have to mention a guy of who I get a lot of questions uh, about, and that is Kyle Murphy. A lot of you have written to me and you've wanted to know, okay, what's the story with Kyle Murphy, who was a undrafted free agent the Giants signed last year. He was with them in camp, a versatile guy who could play basically anywhere on the offensive line. And a lot of you wanted to know, you know, where is he playing? How does he look? And so on and so forth. And the last notes I had on him was from last summer, from the um, from the the scrimmage games that they played against each other. So I don't have anything updated on Kyle Murphy. I don't know outside of you know what position he might end up playing. I don't know what we'll be able to tell as far as the offensive lineman because usually they have the offensive line and the defensive lineman working on the far end of the field. And it's kind of hard to see that based on where the media is perched, but we'll see what we can't figure out and, and, and see um, when the, the Giants take the field. I have a feeling though you'll get more answers or actually we'll all get more answers once we get to training camp and the sight lines are improved a little bit, the media will get to, you know, stand a little closer, hopefully to the practice fields, kind of like what we did in 2019, uh, before the pandemic, when we could stand on the sidelines and watch everything, as opposed to last year, when the media basically either had to stand on the, the patio, or in the parking lot to watch the practices. So that kind of remains to be seen, but um, certainly something to keep an eye on. All right, so that's one thing um, that I know is going to be a, a big uh, topic of interest. Another thing that is going to be a big topic of interest, obviously, and I probably should have uh, let off with this, but you know, I didn't, so here it is now. Uh, the attendance. Now, every OTA is, don't forget, voluntary. So the players don't have to show up. The NFLPA has urged members or recommended to members that they don't attend the voluntary OTAs. Side note, I think that's a crock. Um, they're, they're claiming, you know, health and safety uh, precautions. And, you know, look, with the, the rollout of the vaccine, if people are getting vaccinated, you know, come on, let's, we can't. I don't know that that excuse holds up as much as it did last year when there was no vaccine and, and little was known about the virus. And then, you know, there's also that possibility that if a player is working out away from the facility, not in a supervised environment, if he gets injured, then he basically is flushing his whole season down the toilet, possibly his career. And we saw that happen with Jawan Jane. So a lot of players, um, what I'm getting at here is a lot of players have kind of spurned that recommendation from the NFLPA. Um, as of earlier this week, I think about, I, I think I saw something like 70 players maybe uh, were reported to have attended the OTA. Now you're going to get a lot of young players who maybe are rookies who are trying to fight for roster spots, who might be on the bubble, whatever the case may be. Those guys aren't going to mess around. They're going to show up and they're going to put the work in because despite what anybody says, and despite the fact that these OTAs are voluntary, coaches do pay attention to who's putting in the extra work and who's not. They do remember that. Um, how could they not? And if they tell you that they don't, then they're not being 100% honest. 
Now, you'll, you'll probably not see certain players like veterans, older veterans who are maybe trying to preserve their bodies or veterans who are really knee deep involved with the union activities and they want to, you know, kind of support the, the brotherhood of the union. So those guys probably won't show up. Now, I, I don't know as I record this, who's going to come, who's not. I know the giant defensive backs, a lot of them were working out with Logan Ryan down in Florida. So there's a possibility the Giants might not have any defensive backs or maybe very few defensive backs. I don't know. And um, with the guys who show up versus the guys who don't show up, that could very well affect what the team is able to do. So if, for example, maybe one or two defensive backs show up, and the rest don't. Well, how are you going to run an 11 on 11? You're, you're probably not going to be able to. Same thing with a seven on seven. So that remains to be seen, but I'm pretty sure Joe Judge will adjust accordingly based on who he has. I mean, that's all he can really do is, is coach who's there and whoever isn't there. You know, they're not there. And, um, I'm kind of curious to know how. Judge is going to approach this in terms of, of teaching with film, because I know they do watch film and everything like that of, of the practices. And if some guys are there and some aren't, you know, how do they change that? And that's something we'll, we'll try to find out for you. Uh, Joe Judge is actually up first. He's going to talk to the media before they take the field for the first, for that OTA practice. It's not the first one. The first one opened to the media. So make sure you're following me on Twitter at Patricia underscore Trana, T-R-A-I-N-A. And I'll tweet out um, the highlights from Joe Judge's press conference, which is going to take place before the practice. And then just an FYI, after the practice, we'll, we'll supposed to be getting the players. I'm sure Daniel Jones will be amongst the players we talk with. Um, I don't know who else is scheduled to be be there, but um, certainly keep an eye on that around 12, 12.05, I think is is when that's going to get started. And um, I'll have that for you as well as clips um, on the next show. So all stuff to look forward to. All right, folks, there's a few more things I want to talk about on this show, things that I think are going to be worth looking at um, during the OTA. But first, let me take a moment to tell you about rockauto.com, a family-owned business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. rockauto.com offers an extensive selection of auto and body parts for dozens of auto manufacturers, makes, models, all at competitive prices. Get what you need for your car or truck delivered straight to your door from rockauto.com's extensive and easily searchable catalog. And be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you rockauto.com amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need that's rockauto.com all right giant fans let's get back to the things that i'm going to be looking for at the ota on thursday may 27th again that is an ota that is open to the media and i have a few more things that i know i'm interested in looking at. And uh, the next thing I want to talk about is the rookie skill sets. Now, um, you might recall when I previewed the rookie mini camp, I mentioned that there were certain things I wanted to see. For example, Kadarius Tony's um, route running, the explosiveness of Aziz Ojulari's, um, you know, first step. Um, where Aaron Robinson cornerback was going to fit in and how well he, he stacked up against competition and that sort of thing. 
Well, for the most part, uh, the rookie minicamp, as you guys know, was pretty much a coaching clinic. It was they, they had uh, two one-hour practices, really couldn't tell a whole lot. And, and the sight line wasn't really ideal. You couldn't really see a whole lot based on where the media was, was assigned to stand versus where the players did most of their workout. So hopefully, hopefully in this camp, that'll change. Or at the very least, the Giants will have some video we'll be able to review one or the other. I'll take either one. But um, yeah, rookie skill sets. You know, this is an opportunity for the rookies to fold in with the veterans. So you're going to see Kadarius Tony, for example, go against hopefully, hopefully some of the veteran defensive backs if they decide to show up for this voluntary OTA. Um, you know, it. You're going to see, I would think, some of the uh, the pass rushers, you know, that first quick step, how well they're bending the edge, getting off their snap. You know, the Giants brought in a lot of young pass rushers. Ojulari, they have uh, Ellerson Smith, a draft pick. Ifedi Odenabo, he's uh, the, the free agent that they signed from the Minnesota Vikings. So he, I believe, is going to be in camp. Um so, so yeah, just a whole bunch of players just to kind of see how they all f- uh, fit in some of these new guys, as well as the rookies. Like I said, this is really, you know, an opportunity, I think, or will be an opportunity to really see what these guys bring to the table. So uh, I don't know exactly how the camp is going to be structured, or I, sh- I keep saying camp, the OTA. I don't know how that's going to be structured. And I say that because I know some teams, some head coaches have made arrangements with the players to kind of back off a little bit. As far as, you know, how they're going to run the, um, you know, the practices. I don't know what Joe Judge has planned, but again, that'll be something. I'm sure that'll be a question that comes up in his uh, press conference before they have the practices. So something else to keep an eye on. All right. What else? The injured players. Now, I've been saying for I don't know how long that we should not expect to see Saquon Barkley. I know in a Twitter poll I took, a, a rather informal Twitter poll I took, I asked a lot of you, you know, who was the one player you were most interested in hearing about um, it, during the off-season workouts? And a lot of you said Saquon. And folks, I, I've been saying this now, and, you know, it's funny, ESPN came out with the very same report that I've been saying for, for weeks, if not months, the Giants are going to take it slow with uh, with Saquon Barkley's return. They are not going to rush him back. I don't expect to see Saquon Barkley on the field until training camp. And I'm not even sure if we're going to see him on the field until maybe a week or two into training camp. You know, don't rush him back. You don't need him right away. You need him to be, you know, at 100% or close to 100%, ideally when you get to the middle of the season. So I've said before that I would not be surprised if, if at the start of the season, Saquon doesn't take a full workload. Um, you know, that's why they brought in Devonta Booker, a guy who's an every down back and who can do all that stuff. Um, so, so yeah, I, I don't know how much you're going to see from Saquon, um, at least until the season, you know, till we get into the season. We're certainly not going to see him during the spring. There are other guys though that, whether or not they are on the field working out, whether or not they are on the field on the side with the trainers, or if they're in the building and just, you know, not coming outside, that's going to be very telling. All right. And some of those guys include Lorenzo Carter, who is coming back from a, a uh, torn Achilles. 
O'Shane Zimenez, edge rusher, who is coming back from a uh, shoulder injury, a season-ending shoulder injury. And then there's also Kyle Rudolph, the tight end, who had foot surgery, I think, back in March. I don't expect that he's going to work um, in the spring. But, you know, again, whether or not he's out there, would be curious to see, you know, if, if he's if he's around and is he out there on the field standing by and watching or is he, you know, in the building and just not coming out? I mean, these are all things that kind of give you an idea as to where these guys might be. Because usually it's a good sign if the player is injured and he is out there on the field working with a trainer or even standing there and being a spectator, that's usually a positive sign. It means he's getting close. Whereas if the team keeps him inside for treatment or to keep him off his feet, that usually means that there's a little bit more to go um, in his rehab. So just, you know, a couple of things there to keep an eye on. And and we might also find out of other guys who have had a uh, surgery that maybe weren't announced, um, you know, and, and we'll find that they're there and they're not working and, you know, the question will come up and whatnot. So just, you know, little things like that. Um, I would not panic if you hear about somebody who's not there. If you hear about somebody who, you know, isn't working, Remember, folks, they need these guys for September 12th, and we got a long way to go before we get there. So um, I would not get too upset if, if here on May 27th you hear of guys who are missing for whatever reason or who aren't there. So, okay, um, another thing I am curious to see is the coaching staff dynamics. Now, I have um, mentioned this before, and I'll just go into it a, a little bit more detail because we weren't able, again, to see this necessarily in the, the rookie minicamp, given that there were 22 players on the field and I think something like 24 or 25 coaches um, on the field. But I'm curious to see the coaching staff dynamics. And by that, I mean, who's working where? Now, I'm not talking about, you know, tight end coach, uh, Derek Dooley working with the tight ends or Rob Sale working with the offensive line. I'm talking about some of these coaches that have consultant titles or, you know, like senior offensive assistant, which is the new title for Freddie Kitchens. What exactly are they going to be doing? Are they going to be working with a specific group? Are they going to be floating from unit to unit during individuals? How is this all going to come together? And I think that's important because, you know, I look at the tweaks that Joe Judge made to his coaching staff. And if you break it down, folks, you'll see that, especially on the offensive side of the ball, Judge added more resources and just better realigned um those resources to make sure that he was covering areas that that maybe were lacking. So, you know, we talk about the offensive line, for example, you know, they hired Rob Sale, who's going to be the primary offensive line coach. He'll work with Ben Wilkerson. All right. So, so that, that will stabilize that situation, hopefully. Um, and then you have Pat Flaherty, who comes in as a consultant, not specifically an offensive line consultant, but, you know, an offensive consultant, who just so happens to have been Tom Coughlin's offensive line coach and who I believe has been an offensive line coach for most of his coaching career. So 
little things like that, you just want to kind of see how that dynamic falls into place and how they get involved. I mean, it could be nothing on the field. It could all be done behind the scenes for all we know. But still, I think it's something worthwhile to take a look at and see how that shakes out if it's if, of course, you can tell that. So that's something that's definitely going to be different. And I mentioned Rob Sale, the new offensive line coach. And another thing to take a look at is how different does he run his drills? Does he have his offensive linemen doing different things? I have found through covering this team for almost 30 years that every position coach kind of brings his own spin into how he teaches things on the field. Um, some coaches are a little bit more creative than others when it comes to drills. I remember Mike Pope, the now retired uh, tight ends coach, longtime tight ends coach of the Giants was very creative with some of the drills he had his guys do. And, you know, it's always fun to watch that because these drills represent certain things that they're trying to teach that might happen to these players or these players might encounter on the field. So just another thing to to kind of take a look at, I think, in this this OTA. Now, if I were a betting person, I would also say something to keep an eye on is going to be new tweaks to the schemes. But before I get into that, folks, let me tell you about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. You can also get the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. You Use our special promo code locked on to sign up for an account and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code locked on at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, folks, I want to talk about a couple more things uh, that I think will be of interest to those in attendance at the Giants OTA, which again is open to the media today. The next OTA open to the media is on June 4th. That one I'm going to have to sit out, unfortunately, due to a previous engagement, but I'm certainly going to be paying attention to this one. And I mentioned that uh, Daniel Jones would probably be a, a uh, point of interest for the onlookers. And uh, why not? I mean, this is Daniel Jones's third season. He's going into his third year. And, um, you know, it's a time for a young quarterback to take a significant leap forward in his development. And Jones, as we know, last year showed some improvement down the stretch, but didn't quite take that big leap that I think that the Giants were hoping for. That said, there were a lot of things to to consider that maybe worked against him. You know, his, his receivers weren't exactly setting the world on fire. His offensive line was inconsistent. You know, then there was the injuries that he dealt with, um, you know, down the stretch there. So there were a bunch of things that worked against Daniel Jones. This offseason, as we all know, the Giants went and they eliminated um, a lot of the excuses, if not all the excuses, for why Daniel Jones can't take that next step. Head coach Joe Judge, general manager Dave Gettleman, team president John Mara all have 
publicly thrown their support behind Daniel Jones. They have all said that he is their guy, that they are confident in him and his abilities, and they feel that he is their franchise quarterback. That said, Daniel needs to show it. All right. He's, he still has a losing record as a starting quarterback. Again, not all his fault. You know, it takes all 11 guys on offense, all 11 guys on defense and all 11 guys on special teams. But Daniel Jones thus far hasn't really shown that he's capable of loading the team on his back and carrying them across the finish line. This is all stuff they're going to be looking for from Daniel Jones. So, you know, some of the things to look for, obviously, is, and, and I know some people have already pointed this out based on some pictures that have appeared on social media is, you know, how does he look? You know, a couple people have said, oh, he looks like he's added more muscle. I think it's kind of hard to tell that he's added any more muscle, but, you know, you know, that's something maybe you can see if you see the guy in person. Um, other things you can look for, improved accuracy whether or not he is more quickly processing his reads. I mean, last time, uh, Daniel Jones, when we saw him, and and I had Mark Schofield on the show earlier this week, and one of the things Mark pointed out, and I absolutely agree with him when it comes to Daniel Jones, is that you watch Daniel throw, and the common denominator in all his throws is that he was late, you know, late with making a read, late with releasing the ball, he's got to expedite that decision-making process and getting the ball out of his hands in order to maybe have a better chance of improving his accuracy and making some of these plays that maybe he wasn't making in his first two years. Um, Solid huddle command, you know, Daniel's always been pretty good at that, so I don't think that's really a problem. But, you know, you've got some new faces now in the huddle that that he's going to have to kind of, you know, step up and get them under his leadership. Smart decisions with the football. Um, ball security, that's going to be another thing. I mean, I would not be surprised if, if some of the drills include, you know, trying to knock the ball out of Daniel's hands, especially if he, you know, breaks free as a, as a runner. So these are all things to be looking for um, in Daniel Jones when he takes the field and, and just, you know, you're not going to get a, any conclusive answers based on one practice, but hopefully you see enough to where you say, okay, he looks like he's on the right path, the right direction. All right. One final thing um, that I think we can maybe try to find out or try to see is new tweaks to the schemes on offense and defense. Now this could all rest on whether or not the coaches have everybody they need, um, which again, we don't know if that's going to be the case. For those of you who missed it, uh, the New York Post reported that receiver Kadarius Tony actually has not been at the OTAs this week. Again, it's voluntary. I get it. Don't panic. Could be, you know, maybe he has something going on, school related or whatever. We don't know the reason why, but, you know, just something that I think people are going to be looking for. I mentioned attendance um, being being one of the the topics in the first segment of the show. Um, but anyway, the schemes, let's talk about that. And we've got to start with the offensive side of the ball. A major criticism of offensive coordinator Jason Garrett was his lack of creativity last season. And some of that, I think you can blame 
on the fact that the Giants were without Saquon Barkley, who I don't care what anybody says. I think when Saquon Barkley was injured, a large part of the Giants offensive playbook basically had to be thrown out because the Giants just didn't have anybody who could do all the things that Saquon Barkley is, was capable of doing prior to his injury. So I'm curious to see things like, okay, are they going to maybe stretch the field a little bit more? Are we going to get rid of some of these short or wide stick option routes that we saw a little too often for, for my tastes? Are we going to see things like, you know, uh, jet sweeps or bubble screens or, or, or trick plays? I mean, all kinds of cool things that I think the Giants now have the ability to run on offense that maybe they didn't have the ability to do that last year. So uh, we'll see just how creative, you know, Jason Garrett is. And again, one practice isn't going to give all the answers, but usually in the springtime, it is a, it's, it's a time for the coaches to experiment with different looks, different things that they've cooked up in the lab over the, you know, the long winter and, and, and the time away from the players. And, um, you know, one practice won't tell it all, but there might be a few new things that, that maybe Jason Garrett is going to throw in there, especially again, going back to the fact that the offensive coaching staff has been, uh, reshuffled a little bit. So who knows? Maybe Freddie Kitchens brought some ideas into the, to the mix that they're going to try out. Um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, and the same thing holds true for the defense. You know, the defense last year, was pretty good, all things considering. I mean, Patrick Graham was an absolute master at coming up with creative schemes and personnel packages and doing all kinds of cool things that just made you sit up and say, wow, man, he's, he's really, you know, making, making the most out of what he has. Now, this year, Patrick Graham has new toys, if you will. Um, he, he got an influx of, of edge rushers. He got some additional help on the back end of the defense. And the question's like, okay, well, now that the rich just got richer, how's he going to deploy all that? Well, I'll bet you anything that Patrick Graham has put together some personnel packages that we haven't seen yet that are just going to absolutely blow people's minds away. And how much of that he's going to show, I don't know. I mean, obviously the Giants don't want to show all their, you know, tip their hand with everything because the reporters will be on site and there'll be video and everything like that and, and things will be reported. But again, it's a time to experiment with different looks and different, you know, tweaks and whatnot, different personnel packages. Will certain guys maybe be playing different positions? I don't know. This is all stuff we are going to find out, hopefully, um, when we get to um, to the OTAs. So make sure you keep it here, Giant fans, on the Lockdown Giants podcast. I will get a show together as quickly as I can after the OTAs. It'll probably be in the afternoon because I just have to We'll have to sort through everything, go through all the audio and, and whatnot, but uh, I will try and get a show out early so I won't keep you waiting until, you know, after midnight on Thursday for, for the next show. All right. So until then, before we say goodbye, just make sure uh, to remind yourself that you can get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
All right, Giant fans, that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked on Giants podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. And again, be sure to check back uh, for, for a new episode. Again, I'm going to try and get it out before midnight tonight so that you have it and uh, can enjoy it. Also, don't forget, check me out on GiantsCountry.com for videos, reviews, all kinds of cool stuff I'm working on. All right, Giant fans, you have a good one, and we'll talk again soon. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.